This week we come to our Thanksgiving holiday, and as we do this year, I have noticed something. It seems like, and maybe you could, maybe you could say you've noticed the same thing, it seems like we're having a hard time getting in the mood. And honestly, uh, it seems like a whole lot of people perhaps have even given up on the idea of Thanksgiving. And, and I look around and it's really like uh, we're just going through the motions. We're looking forward. Maybe Christmas will be better. Maybe we'll get it all worked out by Christmas. And, and, and you know what? We're going to buy the turkey. Uh, maybe we're going to have our lunch. But it seems kind of, it feels kind of empty this year. Do you feel that? It feels kind of empty this year. Our nation is a, is, is a divided mess. The future seems uncertain. Sickness, this virus is all around. The, the press takes it off and makes everything an agenda. The, the schools seem to be all in disarray. Now, there's fear in the air. People are quarantining. And it is the weirdest thing to have all of that as we head into the week of Thanksgiving. Dear friend, let me tell you something. God's timing is perfect. It always is. And God's timing is perfect, and it is again. Do you know the Bible tells us as believers that we should be thankful of all the people, of all the folks, we as believers in Jesus Christ, we should be thankful. Do you know the Bible tells us that we are to be thankful in all things? Not only are we to be thankful in all things, we can be as followers of Jesus Christ, thankful in all things. Well, let me just tell you, today I'm going to tell you five ways that we can, that you can, make this the best Thanksgiving ever. And I said that right. This Thanksgiving, this year, this week, I'm going to tell you five steps that we can make this the best Thanksgiving ever. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull some verses. We're going to look at, it, at several passages today, but I'm going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Paul is wrapping up this letter uh, to the church at Thessalonica. We're going to look at these verses, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Five ways that we can make this the best Thanksgiving ever. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in the 16th verse, says this, To believers, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to read those verses again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we are so glad. We are so thankful that we have a Savior who is powerful, who is mighty, who is risen from the grave, who is standing as the, as the Redeemer, the Savior of all mankind. Lord, we come today and we praise you. We thank you. I, I pray as we, as we enter into this week, as we think about the things we're about to talk about, I pray that we would draw closer to you. And I pray that we would be blessed today in the hearing of your word, that we would be instructed today in the hearing of your word. And I pray the result is you would be greatly glorified in this event, in this week. 
Lord, I pray as we, as we sing that song a minute ago, rejoicing that there will be a day on the authority of your own word that we will stand in your presence and we will see your face. Praise you. We thank you for that. But Lord, I pray until that day, we are a thankful people leading many people to you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Do you know that it is Satan's plan to steal your joy? It is Satan's ploy to steal your joy. It is his plan to wear you down. It is his plan to cause you to be downtrodden, especially as believers, because in that, the lie of the gospel seems to be covered up. And so that is his plan. He wants to steal your joy. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be downtrodden. I want to be honest with you. Do you know Satan is hopeful that believers will be so discouraged with the things around us that we miss the potentials of the day right before us? And that could be talking about this week, but I think that's talking about all days. Satan wants us to be so beaten down, so discouraged with the events that are around us that we miss the potential for the days right before us. And that's what he does. Again, especially for believers. He steals our days. He steals our joy. Well, do you know there is a remedy for that? In fact, that's what Paul's talking about in our verses. Did you know there's a remedy for that? Sometimes we act like, well, I, I'm in this cycle and I can't get out of this cycle and all oh, the things around us are so bad and I don't know how I'm ever going to lift my head up. Do you know God has a remedy for that? And let me tell you right now, my prayer and my real prayer is that for the glory of God and in the showcasing of the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, that this would truly be the best Thanksgiving day ever. I was thinking about that as I, as I was moving through these, these thoughts this week. Does God really care about our Thanksgiving? Does he really care about this week? Is that really what he's concerned about? My prayer, listen to me, is, is that he would be greatly glorified and the gospel that we hold as believers would be showcased and that this year, this year, truly would be the best Thanksgiving ever. It can be. It can be. Now, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy this morning. Friends, this year, 2020, can be the best Thanksgiving ever. Now, here's what's going to have to happen. Listen very carefully. I'm going to give you these five steps, and you're going to have to listen to these five steps. I want to tell you, I would write down these five steps, but you're going to have to more than think about the five steps you're going to have to put them into practice. You're going to have to carry them out. Now, let me tell you something. I will make you a promise today. If you will do the things that we're going to talk about, if you will actually carry out the five steps, you take it to the bank, you will see, you will walk through the best Thanksgiving that you've ever had. And listen to this. God will be glorified. The gospel will be upheld. Listen, write it down. More than that, be prepared to carry it out. All right, so here we go. Five things, five steps to make this the best Thanksgiving day ever. Let me tell you something. You're blessed you're here today. This is going to be awesome. First thing is this. 
Remember who you are thanking. Remember who you're thanking. That is, that's the starting place. Be very sure today. Sometimes we get distracted. We are not thanking a government. We're not thanking a nation. We're not thanking a person. We're not thanking a circumstance or a situation. Listen very carefully. We are thanking the one true living God himself. We are thanking God himself. And listen, that process of us thanking God begins with us, there's where we start, looking at the one true God that we're thanking. That's how this whole thing starts. We, we look at the one true God who is worthy of all praise and all honor and all glory. Now, here's how you do that. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Here's how you do that. In the next few days, you grab your Bible and you spend several days. And listen, really, you spend several hours of several days focusing on the great God that we serve. And I'll just tell you, as fast as I say that, a bunch of folks say, well, that's not doable. Well, that's not possible. You know what? I've never read the Bible that many hours in consecutive order in my life. Did you know you can do that? Did you know you can consistently read the Word of God? You can consistently read the Word of God several hours this week. Now, you know what that might have caused you to do? You might have to turn off the TV. Nothing on it anyway. You might have to turn off ESPN. We ought to be done with them anyway. You might have to sit down on your phone. You might have to get off Facebook. You might have to quit doing all the silly things that we are doing. And you pick up the word of God, his revelation of himself to us, and you look at him in his word. Now, let me tell you what you'll see if you'll do that. Now, listen, I'm telling you very practically here. If you will commit to spending time in God's word, you're going to see that he is the creator of all things, that he is powerful. You're going to see that God is our deliverer. You're going to see that God is holy. You're going to see that his knowledge knows no bounds. Can you think about that? You're going to see that my God is righteous, righteous in all of his ways. You're going to see he's just, perfectly just. You're going to see he never changes. Look at everything changing so rapidly. Our God never changes. You're going to see that he has all wisdom. In fact, he's infinite in wisdom. Can you imagine that? He is infinite, endless in all wisdom. You're going to see as you turn those pages, he is unsearchable. You're going to find out he is self-reliant. He's not waiting on anybody or anything. He doesn't need anybody or anything. He is self-sufficient. You're going to see that he's present everywhere. He's not pushed out of somewhere. He is present everywhere. You're going to see that he's gracious, oh, so crazily gracious. You're going to see as you go through the pages of Scripture, he is merciful to sinners, that he offers forgiveness to sinners. You're going to see that he's incomparable. There is no comparison. The Bible says, and who is like the Lord our God? You're going to see as you pass through Scripture that he alone is worthy of all glory, all honor, and do our praise. And that's the starting place. Then you talk about that with your family. You talk about that with your spouse. You talk about that with your coworkers. You get obsessive about that. You talk to that about your kids. Let me tell you about our God who is powerful. 
Let me tell you what it means to be infinite in wisdom. Let me tell you why we're not panicking this week. You begin to talk about it. And then steeped in all of that, as you go through these next few days, as you see the color of the leaves and they start to change and they begin to fall, as you see where fall pushes in and it replaces summer. It's always done that. You notice that? As you see the changing of the seasons, as you look up in the sky and see the moon and see the reflection of the sun in the moon, as you see the stars that you can't even count as old as creation, you remind yourself this week who you are thanking. We thank the one true living holy God. Step one, remember who you're thanking. Step two, to have the best Thanksgiving ever, count your blessings and not your losses. This is very practical. Listen very carefully. Count your blessings and not your losses. Here's the deal. We've lost some stuff this year. And that's just the honest truth. That's just life. That is life. We have lost some stuff this year. A sense of normalcy. Guess what? It's gone. I hear folks saying, well, are we ever going back to normal? I don't know if we'll ever go back. I don't even know if we remember what normal looks like. A sense of normalcy today, it is gone. High school graduations this year, they're gone. Family gatherings, some families won't gather this week. Some haven't been gathering for a while. You know what? They're gone. You can't go back to those. A lot of stuff that we took for granted, those things are gone. We've lost some stuff, and here's the deal. If we're not careful, we'll go get so consumed, and we'll go get so wrapped up in what we feel we've lost that we lose sight of what we have. Let me tell you something. That's a trick of Satan. We'll get so consumed with, with all the things that are lost that we'll forget to praise God for the great things that we have. To be the best Thanksgiving ever, we have to be deliberate and we have to choose, listen, we have to choose to remember the many, many, many countless blessings that we have. You have to choose to do that. Now, let me make you a promise. As a believer, if you start to make out that list, you start to think about all the ways God has blessed you. And I'm talking about this year and this week and last year and the year before that and your family and your home and the provisions that he's given you, the provision of a Savior, Jesus. If you begin to make out a list of all the ways that God has blessed you as a believer, it will totally overwhelm the negative list. And you say, oh, I don't, I don't know about that this year. So much wrong this year. You don't know how many funerals we've been to this year. It is so bad this year, especially this year. Try it. That's my challenge to you. Try it. Try it. 123 years ago, someone put that truth to a song. Now, I was thinking this week as I was thinking about that song, 123 years ago, you know that song was sung during World War I, during World War II, that song was sung during the Great Depression, that song was sung during the Cold War, we don't know what's going to happen there. Do you know how many times we've thought this is the end of the road, how many times this is it? 123 years, let me, let me read the song to you, we just sang it. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, 
When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. 123 years ago, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from above, and we are to count our blessings. Let me give you some practical advice. Coming up in tax season, we're going to be in search of a CPA, Certified Professional Accountant. You know what? This week, we need to be, we need to be CBAs, Certified Blessing Accountants. We need to get out of tabulation. We need to start saying, you know what? Oh, I remember the day they handed me Sarah Joe. Oh, I remember the day they handed me Kelly and Will. Oh, I remember the day this happened. I remember the day we didn't know how this was going to pan out and how it panned out. I remember the day that I didn't know how it was going to turn out. You know what? My dad met Jesus that day. Oh, I didn't know how this was going to go, and God was faithful in that day. We need to be certified blessing accountants this week. Start your tabulation. First, remember who we're thanking. Second, Count your blessings, not your losses. Third step is this, and it, here it is. Purposely, purposefully, thank others. Now, stay with me. Hear me out on this. It sounds like a different turn. It's not. Purposely, purposefully, thank others. Now, here's the truth. We're not in this alone. Do you know that? We're not in this alone, and we alone are not the only ones feeling this way. Sometimes I think, well, Looks like everybody else is pulling it off. Everybody else is doing pretty well today. We alone aren't the only ones feeling this way. And I'll just tell you, one of the greatest needs of our day is encouragement. One of the greatest needs of our day is encouragement. Here's, here's what I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. We've got enough naysayers. Have you noticed that? We've got enough naysayers. We've got enough whiners. We've got enough whiners. we got six news channels that go 24 hours a day just whining. You, if, you, if you're missing some whining, turn it on. You'll get some more whining. We've got enough whiners. We've got enough doomsdayers. You know what? I can't go anywhere and run into somebody. That's it. This is it. Toilet paper's out. Thanksgiving's over. Store's empty. We'll not make it. We've got enough doomsdayers. Let me tell you what we need today. This week, we need some encouragers this week. When he's supposed to be encouraging this week. Did you know God knew that? God knew that. He knew there would be days like this. And so the New Testament, what we follow as believers, we find is full of admonitions to encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5 has a bunch of those. We find admonitions to encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider, think deeply, how to spur one another on. And that word kind of makes me think about myself. Sometimes you ought to be spurred along. Sometimes you kind of get stalled out in lethargy. Sometimes you need to be spurred along. Let us consider how to spur one another along, encouraging one another, and all the more as the day draws near. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another if you want to have the best Thanksgiving ever, let me tell you this. You crazily, deliberately, generously thank others this week. Well, I don't, I don't know how our schedule is going to be this week. Listen, you deliberately, you 
crazily, you generously thank others this week. Now, what that means is you mail out cards this week. You know what? You ought to get a bunch of cards, and you ought to mail out cards this week. You send out a bunch of texts this week. You know how easy that is? Sit down for 20 minutes and send out texts this week. Put stuff on your neighbor's porch this week. Cover for your coworkers at the job this week. Loudly, clearly tell people, I see you, and I'm thankful for you. And you do it over and over and over this week. You know what? I see you, and I'm thankful for you. You know what, I notice what you do, and I'm thankful for you. You know what, you're a blessing in my life, and I'm thankful for you over and over and over again this week. Let me tell you, watch what happens. You watch, it'll be contagious. You watch what happens, it'll be contagious. You start to tell folks, I'm thankful for you. And you watch what happens to you. Sometimes we get so discouraged, you know why? Because all we worry about is ourselves. We get so downtrodden, it's so bad for me because we're worried about ourselves. You start to tell folks, I'm thankful for you. I love you and I appreciate you. And you watch what happens to you. God said this in his infinite wisdom, Proverbs eleven fifteen, And he who waters will himself be watered. Today, we need a bunch of encouragers in our world. Third thing, purposefully thank others. Let me, I'm going to start this off. I'm going to give us a head start this week. I am so glad that you're here today. Listen, I'm not just saying that because that's what I say in a routine. Every one of you, I see you. I see you in the top corners up there. I, every one of you, I see you. And I'm so thankful of all the places you could have been today and all the reasons you could have been in those places today. I'm so thankful that you thought so highly of the Word of God and fellowshipping with His people that you came today. And I praise God. I thank God for you today. This week, we purposefully thank others. All right, here's the fourth step. Now, it's about to get good. If that wasn't good, it's about to get good. Fourth step is this. Ooh, I love this one. To have the greatest Thanksgiving ever, feast on the goodness, celebrate. Now, I want you to hear me walk through this one. To make this the best Thanksgiving ever, feast, listen, these words are important, feast on the goodness, celebrate. Folks, as we come to our celebration of Thanksgiving, we should do just that. We should celebrate. As we come to Thanksgiving this year, we should celebrate. As we think about how great our God is, how good our God is, as we go through those pages of Scripture and we see that actually is my God, that is our God. We ought to celebrate. When we think about our salvation, I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I was dead outside of it. But in the grace of God, in the forgiveness of a Savior, Jesus, when we think about Jesus, we ought to celebrate. When we celebrate all the great things and you start to make your accounting list, when you think about all the good things in your life, we of all people should celebrate and feast on the goodness. Laugh until you cry. Sing as you make the dressing. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Eat good food this week. Listen, rejoice in it. Put gravy, put carbs on all of it. Eat an extra piece of pie. Eat good food this week. 
celebrate. Take a nap with a smile on your face. Hold a baby. They don't stay that way very long. Throw a football. I can't chase it, but I can throw it. Get down on your knees and wrestle with your kids and your grandkids. Dads, braid your little girl's hair. Put a jacket on and go outside like a kook and try to count the stars. You know what? I keep losing count. I can't get it. Tell stories about God's faithfulness of the days past. You know what? We went through this and he never left us. He's never forsaken us. You know what? There were times in our life this is what happened. You know what? There were times we celebrated. There were times we didn't know how to celebrate. We looked back and God was in that as well. Tell of the great stories of days past. Let me tell you something. This burns me up, but it's the truth. Somehow, it's the plan of Satan, somehow we're forgetting how to celebrate. Do you know we serve a risen Savior? Do you know our sins are forgiven if we've confessed them, trust Jesus? Do you know I'm waiting on an eternity in perfect peace with my Lord Jesus? Do you know I'm going to be reunited with the loved ones that have died in Christ? We have lost in the church today the ability to celebrate. Listen, this week, feast on the goodness. And I'm talking about be a fruitcake this week. Celebrate this week. Let the world marvel appalled that we can celebrate this week. Because the truth is this, our hope stands, our hope stands, our hope stands, our hope stands. Feast on the goodness this week. Celebrate this week. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what the psalmist said? He must have been cuckoo too. He said this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whoo, feast on the goodness this week. Remember who we're thanking. Count your blessings, not your losses. Purposefully thank others. Feast on the goodness. Celebrate. Fifth step. To have the best Thanksgiving ever, fifth step. Radically thank God. Now, let me tell you, this is the centerpiece of it all. It's the fifth step, but it's the centerpiece of it all. In fact, any other step, now those first four steps are pretty awesome, but any other step apart from this step, a miss from this step, will fail to accomplish its purpose. And so if you go out and do a bunch of good deeds, you go out and thank a bunch of folks, but you forget to, to the God that you're thanking, you forget to thank him, it's going to miss its purpose. Any other step apart from this step is going to fail to accomplish its purpose. This is the centerpiece. As God's people, full of his hope, we must radically, marvelously, lavishly thank God. Now, I want you to hear this, and that happens in prayer. I thought about this this week. That happens in prayer. How, that, how do we thank God? We thank God in prayer. Now, we might walk in obedience. We might do some other things to show our love for God, to show our faith in God, our trust in God. But how do we thank God? We thank God by expressing it, by speaking it with our mouths. Let me give you an example here. What if I decide, you know what, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I've been thinking about you, and you've done some tremendous things, 
and I want to thank you. And I, I decide I'm going to show you, I'm going to come to my house, and I'm going to express my thankfulness to you. And I come to your house, and it's, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I knock on the door, and you open the door, and I just stood there. Well, he's at my house. He, may get, he came all the way here. He must, must be something. He handed me the newspapers. It was on the walk. He handed it to me. Can I help you? I'd probably get tased at some of your houses, maybe shot at some of your houses. Do you know how you tell somebody you're thankful? You open your mouth and you say, hey, I thank you. You know how we express thanksgiving to God? We use our mouths. You know how we use our mouths in talking to God? We talk to God in prayer. Church, let me tell you this, and I'm convinced of this. This needs to be the most prayer-laden week of the year. This week ought to be the most prayer-laden week of the year. Because how do we speak to God? We speak to him in prayer. How do we thank God? We thank him with words. This week, if it actually is Thanksgiving, ought to be the most prayer-laden week of the entire year. Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you. Before we get out of bed this week, we ought to thank God. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for the grace and the forgiveness of yesterday. Thank you for this brand new day. Let me tell you this, and I, I'm, I'm getting kind of weird on this one, but I'll just tell you. As we meet this week, whenever you're going to do it, however you're going to do it, maybe different, however you do it, we ought to go around and we ought to thank God in prayer. Now listen, we ought to not say what we're thankful for. We've done that in the past. We ought to go around and each person there ought to thank God in prayer. Now I can already hear this. Well, we don't do that in my house. Ah. I, I, I got to go to the bathroom during that time. I can't do that at my house. That's weird. Oh, that's weird. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not a religious person like that. That's weird. I'm an introvert at my house. I'll, I'll put my head down. Listen, get over it. We're going to thank God with our mouths. We're going to praise him, and the grandpappy ought to lead it, and the grandmother ought to lead it, and the toddler ought to do it, and everybody with eyes ought to see it. We're going to circle. We might go three times around the circle, and we are going to thank God in prayer. You want the best Thanksgiving? There it is. Listen. Services of our church. Just a few moments. We ought to spend the, the, this service praising God, thanking God. Let me tell you something. Maybe you ought to walk to the front at the altar here. Maybe you ought to get down on your knees in humility. Or maybe you ought to stand up in joy. I won't tell you your position. But maybe you ought to be visible as you thank God as we end this service. Maybe some of the dads here ought to lead it. You know what? As, as I grab my wife's hand and my little kid, my grandkid's hand, we're going to come and thank God here at the altar. This week, something else. Set aside extended periods of time to thank God in prayer. Did you know this? Listen, you can pray for an hour. Well, now we are reading the Bible three hours. Dad, gum, this is going to eat our time up this week. Did you know you can pray for an hour? And I'll bet you if you actually try to do it, you'll go by and say, well, the hour went by pretty fast. I'm not sure I got it all covered. Spend extended periods of time. God, I'm so thankful for this. And God, I forgot about that. And God, I'm so thankful that I didn't deserve that. And you graciously did it anyway. And when you retire to go to bed, here's what you do. 
You put your head on that pedal and you thank God that he is love. Do you see none of this happens if he's not love? He is kind and gracious. He is our Savior because he is love. Lord, I'm so thankful you are love. Especially this year, radically thank God. Five steps, five things to do. You want to have the best Thanksgiving ever? Listen, do those things. I'll promise you. You find me next week and say, I did those things. I don't know. I'll give you your money back, something else. But I'm going to tell you what. I promise you it'll be the best Thanksgiving ever. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why we would do those things. It is because we have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And we have the forgiveness for all of our sins. Listen, I don't know about you, but what is that worth? What is that worth to you? We have the forgiveness of our sins. He took our sin and our shame. He bore it to Calvary. We have peace with the holy God. You want to know God? You want to be close to God? It does not happen outside of Jesus. We have a future. Listen, our future hasn't ended. It's even better today than it's ever been. It's right in front of us. We have a future beyond our wildest imaginations. That only happens in Jesus. That is why we would do those things. This morning, I, I was reworking part of this, and I was thinking about those steps, and it just hit me. If we will do those steps, I'm not, if we will do those steps, we'll have the best Thanksgiving ever. I'll, I'll tell you that. But here's what I figured out this morning thinking about that. You know what else we would have? If we figured out who the God that we served, if we spent time in his word, if we committed time to prayer, if we began to be generous and kind to others, if we celebrated what we have in Jesus Christ so much that a world was appalled that we would do it, you know what we would have? If we took these five steps serious, you know what we would have? We would have the revival that we always talk about. And it would start in your personal life and it would start in your personal heart and it would spread to the church that we're in. Folks would say, those folks have gone crazy and they're celebrating in the middle of a pandemic. They're celebrating even though their family can't get there. They're celebrating even though they've buried folks this year and we don't understand it. But there must be hope in a risen Savior named Jesus. There will be a revival if we'll actually, listen, if we will do those steps, there will be a revival in our hearts, in our church, in our nation if we'll do those things. Forget about Thanksgiving. I'm excited about it. We would see a revival, a movement of God. Let me close by saying this. Notice I kept saying all the way through that, if you're a believer, if you're a believer. If you're a believer and you start to list the positive and the negative, your list will outweigh the negative, if you're a believer. As I was making my way through that, if you're a believer, we can be thankful in all things, if you're a believer. I want to tell you this, outside of Jesus, we have no hope. Outside of Jesus Christ, this Thanksgiving, any Thanksgiving, any celebration, absolutely meaningless, void. But I want to tell you, there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus, put your faith in him. Turn to him for the forgiveness of your sin. Turn to him and find peace and security. A God that does not change. Reconciliation. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And I praise you today. I thank you today. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us feast 
even in this service. We would celebrate who you are, what we have. Lord, I pray that, that as we, you've brought us here today, and I, I imagine many of us downtrodden, many of us discouraged, many of us uncertain. I'm thankful that your very own word lifts us up. And I pray that we would walk out of here with a spring in our step. And I pray we would walk out of here with a song in our heart, off of our lips. But I pray that more than those things, it wouldn't be just for us, but it would be for a lost and dying world that they would see that today there is hope in Jesus. Lord, I pray for one in this room, in this very room that doesn't know you. I pray that today in the preaching of the gospel, the receiving of the good news of a risen Savior, that today they'd trust you. Move in their hearts, Lord. I, I pray now as we conclude this service that it would be yours. I pray that if you have spoken, you would continue to speak. I, I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified. I, I know you're worthy. We trust it to you. We love you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.